Welcome to the Crossing Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. The Crossing Church exists to see every person restored to God and to the life He created them to live. And we want to walk through this journey with you. If you need help, prayer of any kind, or if you give your life to the Lord today, send us an email at church@thecrossing.cc. We would love to hear from you so a member from our care team will reach out to see how we can walk through life with you. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Enjoy the message. Thank you all so much. Thank you all so much. That's so kind of you. Praise God. And good morning to everybody watching us online. Tell you, it is so, uh, it's a big deal to me that, uh, this sounds unspiritual, but vacations are a big deal. I want to encourage you, take a vacation. I mean, I know the thought comes up, how, Pastor, we can't afford that. Um, I want to encourage you in something. Uh, Me and sweet sister Stacy, over the years, we have, Prayed and, the, and rest is, is an important thing. We got to work hard, but man, when it's time to rest, rest and uh, go play, go do something, go have fun. And uh, I, I cannot tell you how many times God has blessed us with somebody saying, Hey, we've got timeshare, we never use it and we can't get out of it, so you might as well. Or, uh, Hey, would you guys like to go with us here or there? Or, Hey, here's a honestly a, a very generous size of money, y'all go play. Over the years, we've been blessed um, by God to, I believe by God, to do some things. And it may seem unspiritual. I want to encourage you. God himself took a day off. (laughs) He literally took a day off. So uh, you can rest. So I I say that because I believe there's folks watching me from Hawaii and Cancun and Cabo. (laughs) And you're right there in your backyard. You're not going anywhere. And you don't care. You're just chilling. But uh, I want you to know, you chill. You chill right there wherever you're at, whatever hotel room you're in. You, you relax. And uh, myself and, and uh, Pastor Stacy, we'll take July and take a teaching break. And we'll go play somewhere for a couple of weeks. And then we'll take a couple of weeks and really focus on, you know, what's coming up over the, over the year. Actually, thinking about what's going to happen in uh, our next year, in January of, of next year. So that's where my mind will go. But I so encourage you guys. It's summertime. Go play. Go do something. So, uh, anyway, I just encourage you in that. Somebody needed a little nudge to, to, you know, I feel so guilty. Me too. I feel guilty. The first three days of vacation is guilt. I should be doing something holy, godly. But uh, on day four, I feel fine. I just kind of get over it. and Like, hey, it's okay. Rest. Enjoy yourself. So, all right. A lot of great things happening. Got life, life groups kicking off, and uh, AZ did a great job letting us know that. So I'm not going to do any announcements. We've got to kick this football. We're ending our series on sound doctrine today. This is the, the sixth and the final doctrine. I want to rehearse it. If you've missed any of these, I, I have to just encourage you, go back and watch them online. All of them start with the doctrine of. And uh, so let me rehearse the ones. These are out of Hebrews chapter 6. And uh, the doctrine of the resurrection of the dead, uh, I'll review them for our bottom line for that is we live with an eternal perspective. We live with an eternal perspective. And and what uh, the writer of Hebrews was saying is these six basic doctrines, every believer, this this just is. We're not guessing at them. We're not hoping. Every believer believes these. And so we shore them up so we know this is, this is blocking and tackling Christianity right here. Got to have these, all right? And they're, they're quite simple. Uh, we live with an eternal perspective. That's just part of being a Christian. Repentance from dead works with a second one. That means this. Repentance means to change your mind, metanoia. And it means let the Bible define how we should live, then agree and act accordingly. 
Just agree. Don't fight it. Just, just go, you know what? I prefer to handle my money this way, but the Bible says do it that way. Who changes, the Bible or you? We, we want the Bible to change to, to accommodate us. Just change. That's what repentance is, change. Marriage, sin, whatever it is, let the Bible define it. Baptisms, we pursue all that God has for us. There are three different baptisms, and I'll encourage you to, to go back and watch that message. Faith in God. Bottom line to faith in God is this. No matter what, we trust God. I, I trust God. No matter what, we trust God. The laying on of hands last week, and I encourage you to go, go watch that message. These may sound on the, on the surface kind of like, oh, boring doctrines. But if you'll go back and look at these messages, there's power underlying each one of these sentences that is life-changing. And I'm speaking to some of our KGO veterans that go, oh, I know what that means. Me too. I mean, I kind of approach this series. Every time I've studied, something new has popped up, and I thought, you know, I'm not sure I ever saw that before. And I've been doing this a long time. So uh, the laying on of hands, we live to bless others. We live to bless others, whether in ministry or just speaking. And I really encourage you, last week's message, it could change your marriage, your life, and your whole world if you, if you just learn to be a blesser and not a curser, okay? So, and the last one today, eternal judgment. A little sober today. It's a little... This is, this is a little tougher, but we got to look at this one right straight in the face because every single human ever born, no one escapes this, will face eternal judgment. The bottom line, and I'll give it to you, and this may be the last time we rehearse these, we, we, we will each give an account, eternal judgment, we will each give an account for our beliefs, and our behaviors. Everybody in this room, everybody watching me, not as a group, not as a family, but Pastor Randy said, no, no, no. It's on you. I'll stand there alone and there'll be a stricter judgment for me as a teacher, a stricter judgment. And I'm not completely happy about that, but I'm trusting, <laughs> I'm trusting the Holy Spirit is walking with me in this. But gang, this is not something we, and especially the Western church over the last 20 years, kind of, and I'm, I'm, I'm a grace guy. I, I believe in grace, and I don't, think we've, I don't think we've scratched, gotten to the depths of, of, of what grace has provided for us. So there's a lot there. But there, there is a bit of, a, of an attitude that says, however I'm behaving, grace covers. And it's a, it's a sloppy, it's a bit of a sloppy Christianity. Today, you're going to learn Actually, your behavior is, is working for you or against you. Your behavior matters. Your behavior matters. So I just want you to know that. But pastor, I'm saved. Yes, yes, you're saved. But your behavior matters. You're gonna see it here today. So uh, the first thing I wanted, so yesterday I went to take my run, went out there to the track, and uh, it's so strange. There's nobody but me on the track at one o'clock when it's 112 degrees. And... Uh, <laughs> I love it, guy. I just, I love that heat. I love to get out there and sweat. And I love that I'm alone so I can stop and pray and think and talk out loud. And it's kind of cool. So um, I'll be out there by myself for the next three months because nobody, nobody wants to get out there and run at that time. So, um, and if I go to be with Jesus, y'all know where I'm at. Okay, so <laughs> sorry to leave you, but uh, praise the Lord. Uh, so, but, so I, I go to take my, my run there and there's signs up everywhere. 
and it says uh, SAT test tutoring today. And it's a big deal, and there's cars there and students coming in and out. SAT, yeah. So these are the college entrance exams. And uh, so here's what's happening. They got people there that are coaching these students so that they can perform at a level so that colleges who are going to put them into about $150,000 of debt get to choose, you know, they get to choose. (laughs) That's a terrible thing. You know what? Let me take that away. God's going to provide. I'm going to bless. God's going to provide all the moms and dads that just went, oh, you're going to make $30,000 a year and it cost me 150 grand to get you through college? I'm sorry, I'm meddling. Okay, Lord, bless, 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 bless. So these kids, they're, but here's, here's the thing. They're going to they're gonna get tutored. They're going to take the test and then they're going to wait to see what schools are going to allow them at whatever grade, at whatever scores they come in. And I was thinking just right there, uh, just as, as I was worshiping, thinking of that, the Holy Spirit is our tutor. When you got saved, he came to live with you, and it matters how we respond to him because he's getting you ready for the most critical day of all things in Scripture, the day Jesus was died, crucified, rose again, a huge day because it made it possible for us to come to this day, the one I'm going to talk about today, that nobody gets out of. There's no, I'm sitting this one out, I'm sending my attorney for me, I'm going to phone it in, I'll just text, there's nothing, you will stand. I started to make a point of how many scripture says, each one, each one will give an account, each one, and you'll see it in all the scriptures I've got today. But I just want you to know today, although this is tough news that I'm going to bring to you, we have the Holy Spirit, and he knows how to prepare us for this one day. We've got time if, you, if anything's broken that needs to get fixed and you find it today, you got time. You got time to fix it. So I want to jump right into this. This is very un-American. This is not, uh, you don't get a vote before this judge. You don't elect this judge. You don't vote for the president who puts this, this judge in. This is God Almighty. He will judge the living and the dead. And it'll be absolutely perfect judgment. No arguments, no but, 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 or I, 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 but, but you don't understand. Mm -mm. He knows you better than you know yourself. You won't be judged against me or anybody else. God has created you. He knows you exactly what he put in you, the, 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 the the pluses, the, the minuses, what gives you an advantage. He knows what he created you to do, and you'll give an account for how you stewarded your life, and I will too. And so I am sobered by, by what, as we approach this. But I want you to know, point number one, okay? And I'm gonna, it's going to be a ton of scripture. I'm going to try not to get off into one of my, my stories. Uh, I'd like to make you laugh, and if I get a chance to, I will. <laughs> but there's not a lot of laughing room in here, but I'm going to work at it, okay? So here's the first point. God is the perfect judge and will judge all perfectly. I think the first thing that rises for us is exactly who's going to be adjudicating this situation because I don't, I shouldn't say that again. Lord, help me. Uh, But our culture is, I I can't figure out any way to go. I'm trying to practice blessing. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, we're we're finding out that our, our, our judicial systems 
And so many systems are just infected uh, primarily by just political leanings and bents and agendas that make it very uncomfortable to stand before a judge or a jury. I, I was, I, I sat on a jury and here I go, okay, I'm a, I, I was the foreman of a jury and uh, that was a life-changing experience when, when, I, when we ran around the table the first time and I heard how people heard the evidence so differently than I did. And I thought, oh my God, Randy Harvey, note to self, do not get it yourself in any situation where you have to face either a judge or a jury of your peers. Your peers are crazy. I mean, it's amazing. Really, I was stunned like, what the, oh my God, what in the world? Anyway, so the judge you will stand before is perfect. So let me, let me share it with you here. It's just important we start this, this message off. Second Peter 2, 4 through 10 says, For God did not even spare his angels that sinned, but cast them into hell, delivering them to be kept there in pits of gloom till the judgment and their doom. Aren't you glad you came? All right, we'll keep going. And he spared not the ancient world, but preserved Noah. This is what I want you to see. He executed judgment, but preserved Noah, a preacher of righteousness, with seven other persons, his family, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. And he condemned the ruin and extinct, excuse me, whatever, extinction. What's the word there? Extinction, the cities. Extinguished, I'm going to say that, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, reducing them to ashes and thus set them forth as an example to those who would be ungodly. And he rescued, everybody say rescued. He rescued righteous Lot, greatly worn out and distressed by the wanton ways of the ungodly and lawless. For that just man living there among them tortured his righteous, tortured his righteous soul to every day with what he saw and heard of their unlawful and wicked deeds. And it's very similar to our culture. We're just righteous hearts. We are tor tortured still, tempted, uh, tortured not physically, but gosh, there's just sin everywhere. Praise God he saw that. Now, if all of these things are true, then be sure the Lord knows how to rescue the godly. I just want that to settle God knows what he's doing. He knows how to rescue, and he knows how to execute judgment. He knows how to rescue the godly out of the temptations and trials and how to keep the ungodly under chastisement until the day or discipline until the day of judgment and doom, and particularly those who walk uh, after the flesh and indulge in the lust of polluting passions and scorn and despise authority. In this verse, again, I know this is not a great start for you, but this is basically saying God calls balls and strikes to the ungodly, he will judge. This won't be like new school, like you're gonna get a timeout. He will judge. To the godly, he will judge, and he knows how to separate the two, and it will be perfect. So it is so critical that you listen to the rest of this message. We're going to stand before a righteous but powerful judge, and he's going to call balls and strikes, and uh, no, no arguments, no defense attorney. God knows how to. God knows how to do this. All right. The second thing I want you to hear, 
unbelievers will be judged and sentenced at the great white throne judgment. Unbelievers will be judged and sentenced at the great white throne judgment, Revelation 20. And I saw John speaking, and I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it. The earth and the sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. Now, I want you to see that. There's there's no getting out of this, no place to hide. I saw the dead, both small and great, standing before God's throne, and the books, plural, were open, including the book of life. And the uh, the dead were judged according to what they had done. I want you to see that. Their deeds were, were taken into account as recorded in the books, plural. The sea gave up its dead, death and the grave gave up their dead, and all were judged according to their deeds. Then death and grave were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. All right. So here we come upon the first judgment. And there's two. We'll get to the second one. But the first one is to determine sinners from saved. Scripture says the books, plural, were opened and the book, singular, was opened. The book is smaller. The books are voluminous. Here's why. When you get saved, your name is placed in the book of life. And what that is, over here on the other side are the books. These are all the deeds of all humans that they've done. God will register and knows every deed we have done, evil and good. That's all recorded in all these books. Here's the good news. All of these books are the unpaid bills for sin. The people in the book, they're the ones, it's their, if you will, their great white throne judgment is not happening there. Their great white throne judgment happened there 2,000 years ago. And the judgment for all of their works has been done and all of their works have been washed away, forgotten about, and removed from their record. So when the book is open and they start looking through it, now this could be a little unnerving. What's your name, sir? Uh, Randy Harvey. Uh, What's your date of birth? Uh, October, you know. Uh, Social security number. uh, 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 uh. Now, if I was that guy, if I was that angel, I would mess with you. But I, you know what I'm saying? Because people are going to be on edge. I see Harvey, Harvey, Harvey. I see your dad, see your brother. Our brother? No. (laughs) Surely I'm in. (laughs) No, all of these things. Like, oh, paid in full, paid in full. Randy Harvey. Let's see, it says here, paid in full. You may go. The books, the books, the books are of all the people who said, I don't, I reject Jesus paying my bill for my life out of pride 
or arrogance or independence or for whatever reason, they say, I don't need that. I can pay my own bill, right? You ever been at the, 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 the dinner table? This just happened to me uh, Friday. You know, you're at the restaurant and the guy comes and, and uh, you start to fight over the bill. You know what? I was just like this. My friend paid. It was his turn. But, uh, you know, you have lunch, you have dinner with a preacher, it'll be like this. I'm just so humble, I won't fight you. Uh, no, here's the deal. It's, it's those people that say, no, I'm going to pay this, I'm going to pay this. Well, guess what? That's a bad decision. Uh, you, you, everybody here, all sin has to be paid for and has to be accounted for. It has to be accounted for. That's why such a heavy price was paid for us so that you and I would have the opportunity. Now you stand before God who has offered you a free gift of salvation and you have rejected it. And you're saying, I'll pay my own bill, thank you. I I don't need your help. Oh my gosh. So the books will be opened and a sentence will be paid. You cannot go to heaven at this point. Here's the thing about this judgment. It is eternally final. This is, that's why I say there's several critical things in Scripture. This is, this is right up there with the top two or three. This is a critical moment because it sets where you and I will spend all of eternity and not just where, but how. Just write this down. Your beliefs determine where you're going to spend eternity. Your behavior determines how you'll spend eternity. Beliefs, did you believe in Jesus or not? That's going to determine your location, heaven or hell, just that simple. Your behavior determines how you you do. So here's the question. So Pastor Randy, uh, what about the guy who, uh, and, and there, there are millions and millions. What about the guy that never got to hear the name Jesus ever? And um, is he going to be judged the same way as, a, you know, an American, if you will? And uh, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, and, and here's the answer. No. Well, Pastor, even, is it even fair? Here's, I got great news for you. We have a perfect judge who's going to handle it. Randy, can you answer it? I actually have thoughts. I actually do have thoughts. I I actually, Pastor, are all those people just going to go to hell? It's above my pay grade. So I hand it to Jesus. Okay, so so biblically, y'all stay with me, all right? Everybody pay attention because I don't want to get weird emails. We build our life on the rock, which, which the scripture says. So we're trying to get everybody saved before you breathe your last breath. That's what we build on, and that's what we're trying to do. Okay, what about all the people that never got to hear Jesus' name? Oh, they should go straight to hell. I don't know. Okay, so let me get off the rock that we're building on, and let me get over here to, I wonder. You know, there was a whole bunch of people that didn't give their life to Jesus. Thousands of them that didn't give their life to Jesus and they died, and Jesus died and actually went down to them in the grave and preached and took them out and took them to heaven. Yeah, but that was a special, what do you know? As, he's a perfect judge. 
I started getting very curious because I, I wonder these things. I ask God these questions, and he basically says, it's above your pay grade. <laughs> Here's what I know about his character. He's godly and he's loving, and he's gracious and he's just, and perhaps our, our stringent religious Here's what goes on inside of us. Wait a minute. I had to deny myself. There were sins I wanted to do. I didn't get to do them. Here they get to do whatever they want to do. And then you're going to say they get to go to heaven. That's not fair. You just thank God you got to go in. You worry about you. When I started doing studies about all the the near-death experiences, and I've preached and talked about them, and how many times somebody died who was an atheist and called out to God, And God answered them before, I mean, after their last breath in this body, but before they went to judgment, they call out to God, and oh my goodness, God's grace seemed to have stretched further than I thought it could stretch. And even after they left that body, somehow Jesus met them, and story after story, I'm not on the rock, I'm not teaching some weird new theology, look, get saved before you die, okay? I'm standing on that, that's your best bet. But I'm telling you, we have a perfect judge who isn't confined to what we think he should or shouldn't do. And yes, there are going to be some people that didn't deny themselves the sins that you did. And you're going, oh, where do they get to go? Do you just, just be thankful you got your religious hips in that heaven and <laughs> trust and thank God that we have a righteous judge who's going to make those calls. Now, Pastor Randy, are there degrees of punishment in hell. I mean, does Hitler get the same thing that just some, you know, uh, arrogant guy but just paid his bills and took care of his family but just was independent? Are they going to get the same judgment? The answer is no. No, there are degrees of punishment. Let me show you this in Scripture. Uh, This is out of Matthew, Jesus talking. So if Jesus is saying it, then it's solid. Uh, this is Jesus talking, and he says this, uh, Matthew eleven twenty one 21 says, Woe to you, uh, Kerosene, woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say to you, it will be more tolerable or, le- or more lenient for Tyre and and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, who brought down, uh, who, who, uh, who will be brought down to Hades, for it, if the mighty works which were done in you, Capernaum, this is Jesus' hometown now, after Nazareth, this is where he set up his ministry. If the same things had been done in you, had been done in Sodom, it would, have, it would have remained until this day. In other words, me and my father wouldn't have dropped that harsh punishment on that. But I say to you, it will be more tolerable, a more lenient judgment for Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. Jesus was speaking to this. Actually, the verse that precedes it, uh, Matthew eleven twenty says, then he began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works had been done because they did not, Repent. Got a lot of scripture in very little time. So uh, bottom, bottom line, this is Jesus saying, it's going to be a different judgment for Sodom and Gomorrah because they didn't see the mighty works that you've seen. I'm the judge. I'll hand out the, the judgment. But for you who have seen it, 
it's a harsher judgment. Let me say this. All Americans, we have been saturated with the gospel. Our nation was built on the gospel. It's available any and everywhere. I don't think it's a stretch to extract from the scripture to say it'll be more tolerable for Hindus have never heard the gospel someplace else. I think Americans could suffer the greatest judgment because Jesus Christ has been made available and readily available from day one and the punishment for having rejected it, according to Jesus, will be more severe. You need to understand the sentence that is passed out on judgment day, it's not just for 90 years. It's your eternal state from that point. There is no getting out of it from that point. This is the most severe thing in all of Scripture. Uh, I, I, every, every, every worship service, I repeat in my mind, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, Isaiah 61. He has anointed me to preach this gospel, to proclaim liberty to the captives, uh, freedom, on and on and on. And I thought, wait a minute, I picked up Pastor Reggie's Bible because I went on and on. Because it goes on in Isaiah to say, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, that is the time of grace that we're currently in, you get to get saved now. This is the time to do it. And the day of vengeance of our God. The day of vengeance of our God. All the rejection to have rejected the gift of his son to save you, the wrath he poured out on his own son that should have been mine and yours, and the gift of righteousness that he has open-handedly handed you freely to have rejected that will create a vengeance. Scripture says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. It doesn't say he won't take vengeance. It just says it's his. Give your vengeance to him. This is hard to compute. But God is going to perfectly adjudicate to all of us. Let me just make step number one. Be in the book. Be in the book. Period. I, I don't, just be in the book. All right? So great white throne judgment unsaved, sentenced eternally based on their works, their deeds, all right? I've got more scripture. I've got less time, so I'm gonna move on. Point number three, believers will be judged and rewarded at the judgment seat of Christ. Believers will be judged and rewarded at the judgment seat of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.10 Paul speaking says, for we must all appear, all saved people, at the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. All right. <laughs> I listen to two or three or four messages. I always do. I try to listen to messages of whatever I'm going to preach. All of them, great, great, great preachers, by the way, way better than, than I could dream of being. But they all preach the judgment seat of Christ as just a wonderful rejoicing time. 
and, uh, and, and, and it will be, it will be. Uh, I think it'll be a wonderful rejoicing time. But there, there is another side. Uh, because this is, this is where your belief got you to heaven, but your behavior is going to determine how you live in eternity. All right, so this is this is this is pushing sort of the the everything is just great. Being just you know, God just loves you so much. It's just this is going to be wonderful and rosy. Heaven's going to be awesome. Look, I mean, just listen. Just the fact that you get to that table and they go, your name's in the book. You can go, God, thank you. Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. All right. All right. Uh, there seems to be a mistake. Please come back to the table. Oh, so <laughs> that was not funny. That's going to be a great thing. But believers... Now, now that you're saved, you're not going to hell. You're going to spend eternity with God, and that's a great thing. But I want to show you this. I want to show you this in Scripture. This is 1 Corinthians 3. Paul speaking says, And according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. Everybody say foundation. And another builds on that foundation. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. Okay? For no other foundation can be laid, which is, which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Okay, so pause. Who, who is he talking to? He's saying, look, I laid the, the foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and everyone who received Jesus now has the foundation. Now, as a Christian, you need to determine how you're going to build on the foundation. And he's about to present two options as to how you build. Both saved. Saved people. How are you building on your Christian life? Pastor, does it matter? I just want to get to heaven. It matters a lot. It matters a lot. All right, so he keeps on going. Now, if anyone builds on on this foundation with gold, silver, or precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day, the big, big D means the day of judgment, will declare it because it will reveal by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work, any Christian's work, which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet is through the fire. You see in that? Everybody's building on the same foundation. So you gave your life to Christ. You've got the foundation of Jesus. Then he says, of these people, some build with, with wood, hay, and straw, which are temporal things, thinking of only the temporal. Some with gold, silver, and precious stones. Precious stones in this. Paul understood going through Rome especially. Rome was outnumbered uh, three to one slaves to slave owners. The slave owners, the wealthy, built their homes with uh, uh, marble, slate, things that would last, and, and you can get on a plane right now and go to Rome, go to Israel, go anywhere you want, and you'll find ruins that are thousands of years old, and they've endured because they were built with uh, enduring metals or rock. Still there. The slaves couldn't afford that. 
So the slaves would build these thatch houses, wood, hay, and straw, and they would burn up immediately if, if fire hit them. If fire consumed a city, those walls would still be standing that were made with, you see what I'm saying? And Paul's saying, there's two different ways people approach their Christian faith. Both are saved, they're both built on Jesus, but what they build on it is actually gonna get tested and those who have built for eternal purposes will be rewarded. Those who live their Christian life only for temporal things, they'll be saved and go to heaven, but they, the scripture says, will suffer loss. That bothered me when I read it because I'd watched the other preachers, and I appreciate them saying, it's gonna, and it's gonna be joyful. It is gonna be joyful. But I believe there'll be some pain involved. Uh, when I was a kid, um, first year I played Little League Baseball. You know, I was just a silly little kid out there playing. We get to the end of the season, and they bring all the families together on the field. It's a big, big deal. And they, the guy steps out in the middle. Now we're going to announce the first place team, the second place team, and our all-star team. And they got these tables out with all these trophies. Well, and back then, this was back when you didn't get a trophy unless you won something. You know what I'm saying? Different day. So I suffered loss. Uh, the... the Man, I'm, I'm, a, I'm thinking, call my name, call my name. I knew we didn't get first or second place. My team didn't. But they start with the all-star team. And uh, so this is top, you know, 15 kids out of this, you know, 200 kids. Man, they start calling these kids. These are my friends. And man, I'm on pins and needles going, call my name. They didn't call my name. I cried like a baby. My mom was as sweet as she always was, very comforting. My dad, on the other hand, gave me some wise counsel. He said, you remember this feeling. You remember this feeling, and you let it motivate you. Well, years to come, basketball is a little stronger player. In basketball, we do the same thing. Get to the end of the season. Everybody's in the stands. Get down to the, to the all-star all team, and they start calling names. And man, th there was intensity in the air for me as a kid, and because uh, I was thinking, Call my name. Man, when they would say, Randy Harvey, it's like, I get a trophy. It felt great. There were years where I got it, but there were years when I sat in those stands thinking, because you don't know. Coaches are making these calls. There's years I didn't get it. The judgment seat of Christ, I picture it that way. Don't hold my feet to the fire there. I picture it that there's gonna be a great gathering of people. And one by one, they're gonna call. You're gonna see the rewards out there on the table thinking, are those mine? Did I get any of those? And again, it won't be YMCA heaven. Everybody does not get a trophy. Again, that's real right there. That's real. Some people who have built their life not, not thinking eternally will have lived a wonderful life. You get to go to heaven. Hallelujah. It's going to be great in heaven. But your eternal state will be based on the rewards for this 90, 100 years that you have down here. This matters. Even as a Christian, it matters when we get to this day. 
when they start picking the all-star team, when the trophies are handed out. All right, how do you get a trophy? Y'all still with me? It's a big deal. These are the, re- the rewardable deeds. The rewardable deeds. Okay, number one, genuine motive to please God. Just a genuine motive. Matthew 6, 1 through 4. I'm gonna read these quick and so I'm gonna get y'all home. It says, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others for you will lose the reward from your heavenly father. Uh, all of Matthew 6 is basically a, 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 a um, motivation test. Give in secret, fast in secret, pray in secret. In other words, and I could read the rest of this scripture, but I'm telling you this, the gist of it for the sake of time. The gist of it is this. God is watching our heart, even the good deeds we do. I'll put it to you like this. We're, a, we're, like a, we're like a record it and plaster it on Facebook culture. Everything, even the bologna sandwich we eat. <laughs> Everything we do. And we, we, you know, there's a fine homeless couple here and I just paid their hotel bill and <laughs> this precious couple right here needed something from the Lord and praise the Lord. <laughs> well, guess what? One, you just, you're out $100 a night for however many nights you paid for their hotel. And two, you just got your reward. I, I, I'm trying to just be bottom line with it so that we start to get the feel we, we're starved for affirmation, and I get it. Me too. We're all wanting somebody pat me and applaud me and all this. The Holy Spirit's wanting to, to uh, refine our motives so that we actually live thinking, God's right here with me. God is moving me to do this. Nobody's going to know when I give. Scripture says you can give a cup of cold water, and I see it. I see your deeds. And if you, look. Once I figured out there were trophies involved, my behavior changed as an athlete. I do not want to, I, I don't want to sit in those stands and watch my friends go up and get trophies that should be mine. I'm going to do something about it. I hope you actually leave here going, is it selfish of me to want to be rich in heaven? No. God knows discipline and reward. That's what motivates a human being. I'm going to spank you if you don't, and I'll reward you if you do. You're built that way. God built you that way. If he says there's some rewards on the line, get fired up. Get fired up. Praise the Lord. All kinds of reward. So one thing is just just don't tell everybody what you're doing. Hard as that is these days. You know what? Just don't. All right. Uh, Number two, and there's a lot there. You can read all of Matthew 6 to get that. Number two. Love for people demonstrated by acts of service. I really believe it's going to come down to this, the two commandments, how you loved God and how you loved people. I believe that's what's rewardable, and I believe that's how you lose rewards. Uh, This is Matthew 25. Jesus says, Then the king will say to those on his right hand, the saved people, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. Thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger. You took me in. I didn't feel so... uh, left out. I was naked and you clothed me sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And they all said to him on this judgment day, when did we do that? We didn't even know we did that. He said, when you did it to the least of these, when you touched, reached out, when you just smiled and said good morning to somebody in H-E-B, do you know that God sees that? Every act that we do, he sees it and he's recording it, not for the, the white throne judgment, 
but for the rewards day, trophy day. He's seeing that. So everything we do, listen, that's why last week's message is so important. We're instinctively cursors. We look for flaws. We like to criticize. We like to think we know how, what, what their motive is. And we spend all of our time judging people. Listen, we have a judge. The scripture says, stop it. Put the judgment gun up. You are horribly inaccurate no matter how confident you are. Retrain your heart to look for how to bless others. There's a trophy day coming. There's a day coming. And you're going to be judged and I'm going to be judged. And there's time to get, you know, if you're kind of behind on your trophies, you got a little time to catch up depending on how old you are. Some of us might need to speed it up. You know, get a little bit busy. Number three, those who live in reverent fear of God. God will see the reverent fears of God. First Peter 1, 17 says, and remember that the heavenly father to whom you pray has no favorites. Some of y'all are shocked by that. There's no favorite. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your times as a foreigner in the land or as a citizen of heaven while you're currently living. The fear of God, that deserves a whole sermon of itself. But it just, it just has to do with this. I know that God's watching me. I believe he's holy and I take seriously that he's with me every single minute. So I'm going to live and act as if he's right there going, yeah, do that. Because the Holy Spirit is inside of us tutoring us and a proper fear of God. Again, there's such, there's a lot of sloppy Christianity that we've sort of invented in the name of grace. I'm a great, look, I'm a grace guy. I'll, I'll thank God for grace. That does not okay uh, sloppy, sinful Christianity. A proper fear of God, wisdom begins with understanding God's watching, God's holy, God has an expectation of me. So I need to leave, whether somebody sees me or not, while I'm in private, I just need to live. It's a, it's a different fear. There's, there's, there's two fears. I want to take you through those. Here's, write these down. Other rewards in scripture, no time to get into them. Soul winning has a reward. Win people to Jesus, more trophies. Uh, if you're a pastor or a person who gives soul care, not a, not a titled pastor, if you give spiritual care to others, life group leaders, uh, all of you, the folks that, um, that, that are, are welcome, team, uh, how, when you're touching people, God's watching it, there's rewards for that. All kinds of soul care. Martyrs and people persecuted, if you're going through persecution. Uh, those who long for heaven, uh, Paul tells Timothy. Uh, there's a, I've got a reward coming, and all of those who long for his appearing. Lots of different crowns. So uh, that's the short version of that. Just want you to know there are rewardable lives, and you've got time to have one if you're not already living this way. Oh, gosh. All right, very quickly, two, two different fears. There's an awe of God, and there's a terror of God. At the, at the judgment seat of Christ, all of us Christians, and everybody here is not a Christian, so you're going to get a chance. You're going to get a chance to fix that. Uh, but, but believers, at the judgment seat of Christ, there's going to be a reverential fear of anticipating the judgment of our lives and works. There's still going to be a little sweat going up in those stands while you're waiting for your name because he's going to look you in the face, and he's going to raise, just like at the judgment seat of Christ, every person that goes to hell, they're going to understand why they're going. 
God in love, I believe, is going to raise every act. And it won't be, but, but, and I, I, I think every person is going to go, I could have had a loving father that I always wanted. And the last thing that's going to be in my mind for all eternity is the one that loved me, I rejected. And I'm totally convinced by how he raised my life before me, I get why I'm going to hell. I really think the white throne judgment will, will I, don't, I don't think there'll be a bunch of people going, I don't deserve this. I think they'll go, I get it. It'll be the same as God himself. And that's, I love that. God himself is actually going to hand you your rewards. He's not gonna step out in front of, you know, three billion people and go, hey, everybody, everybody, y'all are awesome. Y'all did fantastic, all right? Congratulations to everybody in. It'll be individual. Anthony, let's talk about your life. Here's what you did. Here's how you love. I saw your worship. You worship like nobody. I saw it. You're getting a reward for that. God's watching. Uh, very quick. So the two different fears. Uh, 1 Corinthians 4, 3, and 5, and I love this, and this helps me a lot, and I wish I had time to preach on it. It says, as for me, it matters very little how I might be evaluated by you or by any human authority. I don't even trust my own judgment of me on this point. My conscience is clear, but that doesn't prove me right. It is the Lord himself who will examine me and decide. So don't make judgment about anyone ahead of time before the Lord returns, for he will bring our darkest secrets to light and will reveal our private motives. Then God will give to each one, everybody say each one, each individual person, whatever praise is due. Man, how fantastic will that be to finally see the face of God? And he's not gonna be scowling. And he actually praises you, not as in worships you, but he tells you, I'm so proud of you, and there's the reasons why. What a day. A reverential awe, though, will, will mark trophy day. Number two, terror of eternal judgment. So at the white throne judgment, it won't be reverential fear there. Uh, Isaiah 13 describes a time of judgment from God. And verse six says this, scream in terror for the day of the Lord has arrived and the time for the almighty to destroy. Every arm is paralyzed with fear. Every heart melts and people are terrified. Pangs of anguish grip them like those of a woman in labor. They look helplessly at one another, their faces aflame with fear. For see, the day of the Lord is coming, the terrible day of his fury and fierce anger. The land will be made desolate and all sinners will be destroyed with it. Great white throne judgment it will be terrifying. Unlike any human emotion, there'll be no terror like it because final judgment is coming and it'll be to be separated from God. And the one making that judgment is making a perfect judgment. You are caught, it is done, it is finished. It's not gonna go well. And each person waiting to face is gonna look at one another going, how did this happen? I can't believe it. Scream in terror, it says. Here's the good news. I know this hadn't been the greatest message for you to come on a Sunday morning. You're thinking, man, we should have gone and seen Pastor. 
somebody else. Uh, what's Pastor Joel doing today? You're going to need some encouragement. Uh, watch Lakewood today. I love Joel Osteen. I love his encouragement. But here's the thing. Um, think of this this way. Uh, just this, this is like visiting a doctor. And the doctor tells you the truth. Look, you have a terminal illness. Nothing good can come of it, and it's going to kill you. But there's a cure. And if you'll take the treatment that we prescribe, there's a 100% cure rate, and you're going to do great. Both sets of news are here. Really, the only thing that would push back is our pride. Either our pride as somebody who's never received Jesus and whatever's going on in your mind, what I do trust is that the Holy Spirit is writing an invitation for you to get saved today because you can have your name written in the Lamb's book of life. Read you a scripture here. It's just, it's really this simple. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For by believing in your heart uh, that you may that you are made right with God and by confessing with your mouth, you're saved. Man, man, for any human to face God on a judgment day at the great white throne judgment and realize that's it, that's it. There's other scriptures that says the words are nigh thee. They're even in your mouth. Just say them. The word, I put the words in your mouth. Say it to be so proud. It'll be terrorizing to live all eternity knowing that was it, a free gift, and in my pride, I rejected it. And there's no chance, eternally damned. This is the most severe event, gang. So first, Anyone here that's never received Jesus as Savior, understanding consequences, it's a great motivation, great chance to have your heart awakened, to know that's where this thing ends up. That's where it ends up for everybody, 100% of us, 100%. You're going to end up at a table of judgment. Sin's paid. Your, your white throne judgment behind you because on June the 11th, 2023, you gave your life to Christ. Or today, there will be recorded in the books on June the 11th, 2023, you rejected an opportunity to get saved. And it'll be read, and you'll remember this day. You got to get saved. Good, bow your heads. Once you go online, everybody there, bow your head, wherever you're at. If you have never received Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit has come this day and he's stirring your heart and he's writing an invitation for you to be saved. Today is the day of salvation. Take the invitation and say, I humble myself and receive Jesus. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer and we'll conclude. Dr. Lenny will close us.
But everybody praying with me, Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner and I've sinned against you. I'm fully responsible. I'm guilty as charged. Please forgive me. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He lived for me and he bled for me to pay for my sin, my white throne judgment. I believe you raised him from the dead and I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I confess him as Lord. I confess him as Savior and I surrender. Thank you for saving me. Praise God with your heads bowed and eyes closed. If you just gave your life to Christ, would you lift your hand up boldly to say, I clarified this and I made a decision today. Just say, I gave my life to Christ. Thank you. I appreciate those hands. I appreciate that. Praise God. Praise God. Everybody looking right here at me. You'll get some instruction. Those of you that gave your life to Christ and those of you online that just gave your life to Christ. Man, what a great, great decision. Praise God for that. And uh, as well, those of you that are believers now, would you take to heart what we talked about today and let the sobriety of what we talked about cause an examination to say, you know what? I might need to stack up my trophies. <laughs> I might need to do a little catch up. You don't want to be sitting in the stands and when they get to your, your name, they simply say, praise God, you were saved and we're so glad you're here and go to the next name. All right. So anyway, let it so be, be, be you know, sobering. It's okay. I wish I could leave this service with hallelujah and praise the Lord. But you know what? It actually is. It actually is, man. Praise God. We, we get a chance to touch lives and we get a chance to understand how this all unfolds. And that's a good thing. Gang, this is what sound doctrine is over these last number of weeks. I'd like you to all stand to your feet, prayer teams to the front as Dr. Lenny comes to close us. Thanks so much for listening to the Crossing Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. Keep up with everything going on at The Crossing by liking us on Facebook, following us on Instagram, or subscribing to our YouTube channel. You can visit us online at www.thecrossing.cc. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you have a blessed day.